Welcome to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. This is your host, Lisa Tomey. Today, our guest will be Dr. Joy Pugh. Stick around. You don't want to miss this. Welcome to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast and YouTube. We're very honored today to have Dr. Joy. Thank you so much, Lisa, for asking me to be on your show today. I'm very excited about it. Wonderful. And as we do feature poets, we did find that Dr. Joy is a poet of the latest book. Maybe you could tell us about your book. Yes, it's um, Colors of Joy 2, and it's Poetry, Prose, and Spiritual Awakening. And it was released just uh, at the end of October of last year. It's a beautiful cover. Absolutely gorgeous. You know, I really um, took a long time to really pray about a cover, the covers of the books that I write, and I've, I've written a lot of books, but it was really important for me to find in this particular uh, book something of a cover that would really tell me all the things that I went through to really get to know Jesus the way I feel like you need to know him. And those colors, just seeing the way that they were put on that cross like that, gave you an indication of how our lives really go through different phases and different mm-hmm. colors. And yes. so that was what made me choose the name Colors of Joy, because I have been up, I've been down, I've been through sad situations, I've been through happy times and that kind of thing. So my poetry reflects that. And uh, the first book that I did, Colors of Joy, I actually did when I was a high school senior. And that was one of the things back then that I chose the colors because I had been through a lot of ups and downs. I'd been through some sicknesses. I'd really been through some trials and tribulations as well as some positive things. So when I decided to go back and do another Colors of Joy, of course, two, like I say, trying to find that right cover that would really be reflective of what we go through in our lives, in our, you know, in our own lives. What are the colors of each day that we kind of, uh, I guess, attribute to the ups and downs of life that we may encounter? And sometimes they're bright and sometimes they're not so bright. <laughs> bright. Sometimes they're really red and sometimes they're uh, burnt orange, you know, so it's a, it's a different, it's a different feel. So I was real pleased when they, uh, when they allowed me to kind of have an idea and use a cover like that, because I really felt like it reflected what I was trying to say in my work. Did you create the the picture yourself or did you have an artist that understood your concept? Well, I had actually created uh, the concept and then we used an artist that had this and had already designed it. And so it was kind of like amazing that you had an idea about something and then you found someone who really had yeah. had that capability. So I was real thrilled uh, when I saw it because it really was exactly what I wanted. You know, it's one <laughs> of those things, one of the books that I did called Parables of Joy on a Georgia Farm. Uh, before I actually wrote that book, I had been writing like stories and I had envisioned a certain little girl working on a pair of angel wings. And would you believe when, when I got through uh, writing that book, I contacted this, uh, this, this artist and she was like, yes, I'll be glad, glad for you to use that as the cover of your book. But it was identical to what I had had in my mind Mm -hmm. and had had a concept. So it seems like the books that I've done in the past, 
that there's always been, I've prayed a lot about it because I wanted the book, to, really the cover to reflect what was a part of in the, you know, a part of what was in the book itself. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's kind of amazing when you do a lot of praying about things and you really yeah. believe God always, he just comes through. He just comes through with the most amazing things to help you. And it's always a thrill. And it's all, it's also a, um, confirmation that when you do something for him that he has a rhyme and a reason behind it sometimes we don't understand all the bad stuff that we go through and i mm -hmm. guess that's the thing that i can look back at my life now and really see that the colors of joy mm -hmm. put me to where i needed to be on this pathway for what mm -hmm. he needed for me to do in his kingdom for you know for his glory so mm -hmm. it's just I, I i'm amazed by it it's, it's almost like and i love this this um poem called footprints and i know most everybody has seen that mm -hmm. but when you look back and you see that one set of prints and you know he was carrying you i feel yeah. that way through my work and all the books that i've ever done i'm like sometimes i wrote probably under the most duress of situations but it seems like once it was done it it, it affected other people yes. and, and it was it was something that maybe sustained me and I didn't even realize how it was sustaining me during some difficult times. It allowed me to express myself. It allowed me to be closer to God. It allowed him to give me understanding, you know, have give patience and, and long suffering and all, all the things that we typically think we're not good at during mm -hmm. those times, especially with writing. I found that that's how he has helped me through some oh <sighs> terrible times. So, uh, like I say, this this colors book, I, I really am excited that it's out because it really does reflect a lot of things that I've gone through in my life. Yes, and so the poetry that you shared with me, um, you know, it's really touching. And I, I know you're going to be reading some of that today. Um, it just, to me, it's the poetry when you when you write uh, the way you write your poetry. Uh, when the person reads this, they can get a feeling of strength. A feeling of hope, you know, a feeling of joy, um, and relate to um, the different um, meanings behind the poetry, and it's another way of reaching people. Um, well, you know, I, I like I say, I've written a lot of books, and I write a lot of books about end of days and 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 things of that nature that are Christian books. Uh, and then the other thing that I have done is that I wrote and uh, produced, actually through a, a company. Uh, a an album of my original songs that God has given me and over the course of my years I had learned to play about 15 instruments so uh -huh. when I went into into the studio to do actually a recording I had a, a company who said we would really like for you to do that and they did did that for me gave me a contract to do that and so what I found is that all the years that I had been writing poetry that I was really writing a lot of songs mm -hmm. and 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 so you know I do have that album that I have done as well and so it is it is reflective of the thought process of how you reach people mm -hmm. sometimes you can do it through song sometimes times you can do it through a story that's one of the reasons I did the parables books that I've written and then you can do it through poetry, prose, and then you can do it through like non-fiction, non-fiction Christian writing. Mm -hmm. And I do, I speak and I do radio shows. So my intent and my ministry is to try to reach everybody, to find some common denominator 
that people can relate to because if you can do that you can help them understand that we are just not grains of sand floating in a big universe that we all have a rhyme and a reason that we are connected to a creator who desperately loves us and so this book was very important to me i didn't want it to be so big that people couldn't read it and enjoy it um, right. i wanted to write it and I, and I always tell people to read it slowly because yeah. that's where you get the meaning, the intenseness mm -hmm. behind it. And I said, sometimes if you want to read through my book and then go back and then slowly read through it again, you will just pick up these little nuggets. And I want it to be such, Lisa, that people can see in my work themselves. That was one of the things, even with my parables book, was hoping that in a story or in a song that something about that talks to you that makes you see a need to have hope again or to yes. have more faith or to try harder or be mm -hmm. inspired or understand that the days that we're living in were prophesied and that there is light at the end of the tunnel i mean there's all these things that i want to come out of my work regardless of what it is whether it be poetry prose you know, um, music are just my writings. I mean, it's right. just, that's just important to me. The whole aspect of it is trying to minister to people in all areas so that you touch their lives some way. Everybody has a certain way that they learn and a certain way that they listen and the, the certain way that they are touched. And so I'm, tr I'm trying desperately to find all those little keys so that I can turn the key and open a door. Yes. And at least in opening that door, you can start seeing that if you are hopeless or you've had something happen in your life, that there is this this peace that passes all understanding. And mm -hmm. if you can ever get to that point, it's an amazing thing to, to behold. It's amazing to behold. And so that's what I have always had this, I guess, intense feeling. And I, I've never been called a prophet because I don't. I don't want to be called a prophet. I do research when I write and do that kind of thing. But I do think I've been called as a watchman. And I think I've been called as a minister to try to help people get that understanding of what it is to be alive mm -hmm. and to be a part of everything that is and not feel so um, disjointed or not connected. Because I think that the more that you really get deeper into your spiritual walk, you understand that we are all brothers and sisters and how important it is for us to have a life here on earth that we are trying to show the right way so that we all end up in heaven together and mm -hmm. that we don't lose people just because we didn't take the time to find out what does make them tick or what is uh, their sadness or what is their question that they can't answer. So it is it's my hope through my poetry through my songs uh, and through through my writings and my ministry that I reach those people. And then people like ourselves who are Christian, that we give each other strength. And it's almost like when you have been in, let's say, a meeting and you and you get to meet somebody for the first time and you're almost like you've known them all your life and you feel this positive influence. It's almost like you get your battery recharged. And mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that I always have wanted to do is that whatever the situation was and whatever someone's going through, that they could always contact me and talk about anything. 
and not feel any condemnation that I'm trying literally to find either the root of the problem or help them turn whatever they think is a stumbling block into a stepping stone. Right. And I've seen how all these things have happened. And so that's a part really of, of my research. It's a part of my colors of joy too, that we're talking about today. Absolutely. Would you like to read us one of your poems from your book? Yes, I really would like to. Um, there was, there's several, in, well, there, they all have very big meanings to me. And um, there's one in particular that I feel like helped me uh, in, a, in a really t- terrible situation that I was going through. I, um, my husband became very, very ill for years. And I was his total caregiver. And I was sitting at my keyboard uh, one evening, just so distraught. He was, he was, he became totally an invalid with, uh, with no ability to move, swallow anything. I had, I I did everything for him 24 seven. He was on a respirator. Uh, He had to be fed through a feeding tube for, you know, 16 hours at a drip rate. He, everything had to be done for him. And as I was sitting there, one night really trying to even even when you're the greatest christian lisa you have those moments of just needing to have something told to you and this this particular poem is what came to me and now i have put it into music as well so it's called the mystery of god beams of light above my head a spectrum from the rainbow. My eyes fill the mist within. As the kaleidoscope, it draws me in. Angels, are you near me? Be near me. Angels, can you hear me? Hear me. Seeping through the trees, skimming the pond, we're all dancing in the moonlight as one. How is it the stars do not fall from the sky or that the sun just seems to fly? How is it the moon hangs in the night or that the universe remains in perfect flight? Sense the emotion, feel the breeze, the essence of a creator who sees. It only takes a moment to believe so open up your heart and receive angels are you near me be near me angels can you hear me hear me seeping through the trees skimming the pond we're all dancing in the moonlight as one such are the mysteries of god yes This is the mystery of God. You know, this is the mystery of God. And as a part of that poem in my book, I related to Colossians 2.2, which reads, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ. That's beautiful, beautiful. 
very inspirational and hopeful. It was for me. And and like I say, now that I've put it into music, uh, it, it really has blessed me on many, many occasions. I go back now, even in the music that I've written, and which most of them were actually poems to start off with. And um, and I look back at the music and I've been able to go and play that music or read this these particular poems even in times now that I have difficulty or I feel down or I feel like I need some type of inspiration that will actually inspire me because I, it makes me go back to a moment and realize where I was and how God really helped me move to another place. And sometimes we all need that seeing that God is working in our lives. And sometimes we can't see it until we look back. And I think that's the thing about the footprints poem that is so inspirational is that it teaches you that you think you've been going this by yourself until you look back and you see how all that had played out in your life and has made you really who you are. Mm -hmm. All these little nuggets have made you who you are. So uh, it, it has been an inspiration to me. And like I say, uh, a lot of the things that I have written have been during very uh, times of duress and sadness. So uh, it, it is an inspiration to know that you're not alone, that other people do experience these things. And that is my hope that, you know, you don't feel like, well, I'm just everything's wrong and no one understands and that kind of thing. So, so many times when I've counseled people, that's the biggest thing is that they feel that why is this happening to me? It, you know, why did I have to go through this? And when they realize that someone else has been on that same walk at a time in their life or they've gone through those kinds of things and you can give someone, like I say, the stepping stones to get through it. Mm -hmm. Instead of allowing them to continually fall over stumbling blocks, because when we start falling over stumbling blocks, then we lose love and we lose affection and, and we turn to things that are only fleeting, you know, whether it be alcohol or drugs or uh, sexual encounters or whatever. Those those things will only be fleeting moments. But when you can turn to God and you turn to the scriptures and you turn to trying to find out trueness and the roots of situations it seems that that gives you such inspiration to have a foundation you're you're building on a good foundation and so um that's what i hope my my research and and my poetry does is that it gives you a firm foundation to see that there's hope in this world in all the things that are going on and we know that our world is in such a state of turmoil. It's not just the United States. It's all over the world. Yeah. You know, and, and right now I think um, when we can be encouraging and we can give people that desire to want to, you know, take a step forward to be all that they can be in this world. I mean, that's what I want from what I do is that when you leave reading colors of joy, that you now have a greater understanding of yourself Mm -hmm. So that you will either sit down and make notes or take time to like write a journal or do something so that you can go back and reflect. Right. Reflection is a wonderful thing, Lisa. It is a wonderful thing. And I, I'm, I, I feel so blessed that I learned this at such an early age because I guess I began writing poetry. Uh, I would say second grade. I think we had to write a oh, haiku wow. or something in the second grade. And, uh, and I thought, well, 
you know, I really liked music all of my life, and I grew up uh, loving, loving music. So I guess because of that and seeing words rhyme and things of that nature, it really set me on a course at an early age uh, where I had written a, a good number of uh, poems by the time I was in the seventh grade. And then, wow. like I say, I had written enough that I had a really good friend who really wanted to do a book uh, for me when I was a high school senior. And like I say, that was Colors of Joy. And it just seems like that just set me on the course for everything else that I have done as far as writing. I've always loved to write. And I, I think words are beautiful. I think words are inspiring. I think the right words can heal. And, um, and I believe, just like the Bible says, that God spoke everything in existence. And the, and the word is so important. And it's such, if you can speak words of love and you can speak words of hope in days that we are living through, in the days that are coming, that will sustain us in a faith that we sometimes think, can I go through another second? And I've been there, you know, I've been there. Yeah. Can I make it through another night? Mm -hmm. um, and, and then you look back, like I say, and, and you have this reflection that you, you made it and this is how you did it. And mm -hmm. so, like I say, the Colors of Joy book is, 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 is about that. It's about that. What happened to your first book, your Colors of Joy, your very first one? My first book was a limited edition. Of course, it, it completely sold out. And so I've never, ever uh, gone back and had that book um, redone. I guess it was because it was so special to me that I felt like that it was just one of those things that I wanted to keep it as a limited edition. But I had talked to uh, my publisher now um, that I work with about the possibility of going back and doing a, um, uh, I guess, a second printing of that mm -hmm. book. And I may do that. And I may do that. We, we, have, we have been kind of in negotiations and talks about the possibility of maybe doing something of that nature. It was just one of those things that how do you, you can't take, you can't go back and replace that moment. And the people that own those those books, you know, they still have them. And, and they're always like, oh, my gosh, I never dreamed, you know, in 1975 <laughs> that she would be on the world scene speaking and talking <laughs> and being on the History Channel and things of that nature. And so they 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 garnered the, <laughs> they garnered those books. Pretty <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody could buy one from them. So I've really you know, because it was the first and because it was so special I've really contemplated about really I've you know my other books I've done second printings on and things of that nature and um but I've never done that on on Colors of Joy so I, I've got to I've got to make my mind up if I want to take that out of being just a limited edition or make make some kind of change where it's not exactly like the first um edition do something a little bit different but I may do that because um it, it was my start. It was it was mm -hmm. what made me begin doing what I do and loving what I do. So it's a <laughs> it's one of those things that I'm I'm yeah, still it like could be you know, in that, limbo, but yeah, yeah. When you were since you wrote a lot of the poetry for that up to your senior year, you know, through school and through your senior year, I bet you that um, kids that are in that age range could also in teens that could relate to those poems because you were also that age 
maybe that would inspire them to want to write. Well, you know, it might. I remember, um, and the poems are pretty deep because there were a lot of questions about the end of days. There were things that, because I had had this dream when I was six years old about the end of days, a lot of my poetry was in regard to a lot of things happening that I did not understand. And I remember my first year in college, I had a professor and I was telling him about the book and he said, I'd give anything for you to bring me one and let me look at it and read it. And so I did. And he was like, where in the world, where in the world did you get all this, whoop, you know, <laughs> about all the things that are happening so he he felt like that it was well ahead that my concepts were well very much ahead of where i should have been at that age and um he was a, he was a great inspiration to me by the things that he told me and the things that he shared with me in regard to what i was really feeling mm -hmm. and like i say there was a lot of questions during those times growing up uh, ups and downs and strange things that you know happened in your life and uh, positive and negative all those kinds of things were kind of a part of of the uh, of the poetry and the poetry was much more instead of where this book you linger on the words there were a lot more words in the poems and, and I you know because I write music I, I have you know poems that do have a, a much more I guess um meet to the story where um this book makes you stop and think mm -hmm. it's hinging you on words uh, and that's what i found in the years that i've read scripture that you can read a book and a chapter but there's something about in scripture when you read words you take the time to really look at each word and so I think that's what led me to do this book a little different than the first one, where it was more like you were reading a story okay, and a, and a poem, where right. this book makes you hinge on each word to make you think. And I guess that's the thing, is that if you put too much in it, then it's all about you. And I really wanted it to be where it made anybody reading it think about them. Right. And and so that's the difference really between colors of joy as a young person and mm -hmm. colors of joy as a lot older. <laughs> I, I'd like to be like 18 again. Oh me. What it's wonderful to think about. Uh, I can go back and look at that and, and read and really remember each. It's funny when you write a, when you write music or when you write a poem, it, it's like you remember the day you wrote it you remember things that that were going on it takes you back to to times and yes. um and and so it, it's an amazing thing to have written as long as i've written in my life and the numbers of poems that you know have been um published and and been in newspapers and been in anthologies and and different things you know i think about each one of them how important it it really was one yeah. of my poems um actually was a uh, a winner for my mother she won mother of the year in our wow. area and uh it was based on a poem that i i did for her which is it's, it's actually framed and in, in a, a frame upstairs in one of my bedrooms that i that i have where i have a lot of pictures of my mother she's now passed but you know things like that mean a lot to you and you right. really can reflect like i say on each time you've ever done anything and, mm -hmm. and so i i feel like that like i say um I hope that people, 
when they read my work will get that feeling that it will give them inspiration. Absolutely. Well, how about sharing another poem with us? Okay. Um, the poem that I'm going to do uh, now is something that I feel like reflects back to when I was a young girl. Okay. And I loved the sky. I love the sky. I love to look at the sky all the time. I think I'm mesmerized by the beauty of the heavens. But there was something about, as a child, the sky at night that just made me, and even to this day, when I'm outside or if I'm in, even laying in bed, I have a huge sliding glass door that I can look out at night and see the stars. I literally love that. I just feel like that God's creation is beautiful. So this poem reflects that feeling of uh, of what I feel about that uh, the beauty of the sky and so the name of the poem is the sky at night look beneath the moon on a starry starry night gaze into the abyss of flickering galaxies look into the big dipper or the outstretched arms of Cassiopeia ponder the stars clustered within Orion's belt. Look into the eyepiece. Behold all the wonders and witness firsthand the length of eternity stretching from deep within the nebulas of creation's beginnings. Believe not in man, but in God who created him. The beauty abounds before you Look at it and understand the power of the mighty one who planned it. And then I related uh, that uh, particular poem to Amos 5, 8, which says, Seek him that maketh the seven stars and Orion, and turneth the shadow of death into morning, and maketh the day dark with night that calleth for the waters of the sea and poureth them upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. Wonderful. Wonderful. It reminds me of when I lived in the Midwest and we had such a, in the country like setting and we had the, the sky. I mean, I would sit out and just enjoy looking up at the constellations and just reflecting, meditating with that. Well, I was fortunate that my my father, and I, even in my parables books, I wrote a story about um, the night sky. He uh, bought me my first telescope, and, and this kind of reflects in the poem where I say, look into the eyepiece, because I remember as a child, you know, you can see certain things, and of course, living out on the farm, I, I, I grew up on a little South Georgia farm, and of course, at night, it was dark. I mean, it was dark. You didn't have like street lights or anything of nature like that so when you put me when you were outside the sky was very bright and very beautiful but i will never forget that telescope looking into that eyepiece for the first time and seeing those constellations so much clearer and so much closer and how you could feel that you were seeing into the depths of something that would go for infinity and infinity and it gave you the understanding when god says you know beginning Alpha and Omega, this huge life for all eternity, 
it gave you that ability to see on and on and on that you know with the naked eye we can't really do that but with a telescope it just gives you this total world that's out there that you can't see that just goes and goes and goes and it really helped me as a child grasp the understanding of what it meant to live for all eternity that it was on and on and on so i was very blessed growing up on a, a little south georgia farm and uh, i think it you know definitely is reflected in this particular poem and in, in, in a lot of the poems and, and then also in the uh and the books that I've written about growing up on the South Georgia farm. Right. I'm going to um, share my screen again because I want to show some of the um, websites. Of course, where's your book? And that's on sacredwordpublishing.com. If someone wants to buy a copy of it, um, is it available on any other platforms? Uh, I think it's now uh, in availability in Amazon. Uh, they. Okay. have just started put i think they've just gotten that where it's in amazon but uh you can click on those links at my okay. website and it'll take you and then if you want to go to any other you can go to any other and check on that but um you know i'm so blessed to have a group of people who are wonderful publishers who have given me the opportunity of a lifetime to be a contracted you know author with them and for them to really support my work and, and promote it, it really is very, very, very inspiring to me. And I'm, How many I'm books just have you Well, I've done actually a total of 15 books, and I have oh. some that are uh, revised editions and some that have been made into uh, two volumes where they were one volume that I went back and updated. So I've had a, a, a good number of books now <laughs> that I've had the opportunity to. Uh, to have written. And so, um, you know, like I say at my website, there, of course, you're on my album. There's the album, and those are the songs for my album. And uh, if, if someone's interested in my album, I have a website like you're on right there that is a submission form and that you can send it to me, and I can get that uh, CD out to you anywhere. Wonderful. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, if you live in Russia or Germany or wherever. I can make sure that you get a copy of that as well. So all that That's is great. very, very, very important to me. And I hope and pray that it can reach, like I said earlier, people who are looking for inspiration in their lives in some really tough times that they may be going through. But there's okay. the list. There's my special parables. And that's written about the handicap. And, and it really teaches you about the miraculous capabilities of the triumphs of the disabled. And then before that, of course, was the Antichrist book, and then there's Eden, the Knowledge of Good and Evil, 666. Uh, there's a volume one and a volume two in that. And then, of course, there's my Parables of Joy on a Georgia farm that talks about all kinds of things that happened in my life on a South Georgia farm. And there's my Beguile series, volume one, two, and three, uh, that are very, very in-depth. And so, um, you know, I'm wow. thrilled to, to have had the opportunity you to do a, lot, a lot of time writing. <laughs> I did a lot. I've done a lot of writing in my entire life. And, and it's, it's something that, again, you know, when I started out as a young girl, my hope was to really, um, you know, to, to really be a college uh, president of something of that nature. And um, God had a different uh, place for me where he needed me 
And I now understand that so many times when you are in certain institutions that you have to be politically correct. Mm -hmm. And sometimes politically correct is not what scripture says. And so I'm thankful that I have a platform now that I can really discuss things as, as, as they should be discussed according mm -hmm. to what scripture says and yeah. not feel like that my livelihood is dependent upon having to make the political statement instead of the mm -hmm. correct statement. Right. And so I'm thankful because my publisher is one of those that I don't have to worry about when I submit something that they're going to come back and say, well, you know, that doesn't really go along with what the, the world wants to hear or uh, what is politically correct right now, that they are willing to let me speak as to what God tells me. Mm -hmm and not be limited by that. And, and then, like I say, to be able to minister on uh, online and other areas of my work and be able to speak those things. Now, I, I will say. Would you like to take us out with a poem? Oh, listen, I would just love to do that. I would love right. to do that. And I'm going to use a poem that is actually the poem in the first of the book. And the reason I chose this poem to start my book with is because as a child the dream that I had when I was six years old I believed that I was up high on this hill and I was overlooking what was going to be the battle of Armageddon and it had just occurred and I was seeing what had happened after all of that but instead of using the the, the revelation of what this dream gave me I tried to imagine what it was like seeing it in a beauty that God created in the beginning when he first, you know, kind of stepped out of space and said, I'll make a world and what his idea and his concepts were. So I, I took both of those things and tried to imagine what it was like, even though I had seen this in my dream and, the, and the, what would be to come to pass. I really wanted to go back because my work is alpha and omega, beginning and end. So I wanted to get an idea of what would it be like to step out and to see. So this poem is called A View from a Hill. The view of the earth below is of such magnificent beauty. Made with the hands of the creator, it has no match. There it spins in space, holding close God's creation of man. Riding the wind, I am a view from a hill. Casting my dreams, then watching them soar. The earth moving, rotating, and shaping my life. I am aware of God's presence. At times, I feel him all around me. Sometimes, I see him lightly veiled before my eyes. Other times, I know it is he whom I feel in my heart. The view is so appealing. I could stay here for the remainder of my life, resting safely each second, balanced and shielded, gently embraced for all eternity 
within the outstretched arms of my heavenly father. I am a view from a hill. And I reflected this poem to Colossians 3.2, which says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Thank you. And thank you, Dr. Joy, for coming on here today. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you. thank you again so much for having me as your guest. I appreciate it, Lisa. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. Would you like to be on our podcast? Just send an email to prolificpulse at gmail.com. Have a great night. Bye-bye.